Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy are not on the same page. Number two, senators are looking for more support on Ukraine funding. And number three, the culture wars hit credit card fees. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Just when you thought you'd seen everything when it comes to infighting among elected leaders, uh, things are really heating up when it comes to Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, so let's give the backstory first here. So this whole uprising, which is still being solved between the conservatives and McCarthy, um, started earlier this week when a bunch of conservatives voted against a rule to bring a gas stove bill to the floor. I'm not making that up. It's literally a bill to ban the ban of gas stoves, okay? So this all started on the House floor, and Andrew Clyde, the Republican from Georgia, is working on a separate bill on a to uh, uh, stop the Biden administration from banning pistol braces. These are, if you're not a, a Second Amendment person, this is a... Um, uh, basically stabilizes a gun if you're while you're shooting it okay so um the mccarthy mccarthy world says this whole uprising was caused by steve scalise mishandling this andrew clyde bill okay so we spoke at length uh for a long time yesterday uh brez and and uh myself with with Steve Scalise, the uh, McCarthy's number two, and we asked him about a wide range of issues. And here's, and we asked him if McCarthy had broken any promises to conservatives. That's what conservatives say. McCarthy passed this debt limit bill, and uh, it broke a whole host of promises to conservatives. Here's what Scalise said. I don't know. I don't know what those promises were. I wasn't part of that. I still don't know what those agreements were. Whatever they are, they feel like the agreements were broken. That's got to get resolved. Hopefully it does. That is Steve Scalise on his number one, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Here is, um, we uh, asked Scalise if McCarthy is still a viable Speaker of the House. Uh, and Scalise noted repeatedly that there is a lot of anger on a lot of sides of our conference. And he said this, McCarthy's got to resolve those issues with those members who have those feelings. I'm working on getting the pistol brace bill passed and we're bringing it next week. One more quote just for a uh, <laughs> little flavor, <laughs> little just flavor. for just for background purposes. Um, Scalise said when the when the um, the issues started bubbling up on the House floor, he said the speaker wasn't on the floor when this was all blowing up. There was a lot of anger being uh, expressed. And frankly, you know, a lot of the anger they expressed was that they felt they were being misled by the speaker during the negotiations in January on the speaker vote. Whatever commitments were made, they feel like he misled them and broke promises, and they expressed that. A little bit more. I don't know what those promises were, Scalise said. Understand some of them went and talked to McCarthy when they left and still publicly were expressing anger with him 
what they over what they perceived as broken promises, and that's got to get resolved. And uh, the Scalise McCarthy relationship was a massive part of our book, which is an yeah. oldie but a goodie. <laughs> wow, it uh, actually it, feels like it's it's pretty relevant, frankly. Yeah. So this is four years ago. Um, when um, uh, our book came out uh, a little bit more than four years ago. Uh, and, um, you know, Scalise had and McCarthy have known each other since their college Republican days. McCarthy attended Scalise's swearing in uh, as a state legislator in Baton Rouge back in the day. Um, and uh, they have had a little bit of a rocky relationship because... In 2018, as we chronicled in depth in our book, Scalise considered running against McCarthy. He looked at it uh, and considered it and talked to his allies about it. McCarthy wasn't much pleased with that. And since then, it's been a little bit of a, let's call it a a rocky relationship. So, Anna, uh, we've lived through Boehner Canner. We lived through... um, Lots of permutations. Pelosi Hoyer. I mean, Pelosi the idea that, that that the number one and number two are not in lockstep in the House in particular, uh, I think is, is kind of a tale as old. This is more than lockstep. Anna. I understand. But I think it's a tale as old a time in terms of the kind of internal feuding and, you know, kind of plotting around, you know, everybody wants to be the, in the number one spot. So let's just put that out there. I think what's interesting to me uh, of all of this, right? You laid out the background really well as well as what's happening right now. But what is interesting to me is in in two senses. One, you really get the sense of how much distance there is between McCarthy and Scalise and how much Scalise has been left out of a lot of the negotiations. It's not just the speaker vote, but also when we think about what happened with this debt limit deal, it wasn't Steve Scalise cutting deals, right, or in the negotiating room. It was Garrett Graves, the Republican from Louisiana, and Patrick McHenry, the Republican from North Carolina. Those were the two people that McCarthy deputized. And so, you know, I I think that's also just notable in the sense that he's Scalise in large part has been kind of put to the side on some of the biggest issues that have been on McCarthy's plate. And now he's, he's voicing clearly some frustration and also just, you know, pot putting himself in a very different camp than McCarthy as McCarthy's having to deal with these very conservative, angry members, you know, and there's another layer here, uh, two other layers. McHenry, Patrick McHenry, who McCarthy has deputized, who's very close with McCarthy, used to be Scalise's number two. He was Scalise's chief deputy whip during the Trump administration. And um, they kind of grew apart partially over McHenry's relationship with McCarthy. Um, They won't say that. I will, because I lived that, and so did you, Anna. That's number one. Number two, um, our good friends Mel Zanona and Manu Raju at CNN um, who are uh, were our form are our former colleagues and good friends have a good story this morning in CNN about tension simmering in House GOP leadership as leaders squabble over hardline demands and they included a little nugget that we had also heard um, and were thinking about including, which is this: uh, Scalise was in Disney World for an annual fundraiser to raise money for the NRCC and GOP candidates during that last weekend of work in the Capitol. Um, uh, that is something that McCarthy allies are quick to point out. 
uh, because they've pointed it out to me. Uh, uh, so I, I found that interesting. Scalise does love Disney World. He does a lot of fundraisers there. Um, and, uh, despite the, (laughs) despite the, the, uh, wokeness, so to speak, that the Republicans talk about, about Disney World, um, but it, this is a, um, this is something I've seen a lot of stuff. This is a, this is a fascinating, fascinating dynamic. And the biggest thing that is, is the outline question is how does McCarthy regain control? Right. I mean, of the of the, of house, the house, it's a good question. Uh, and of his leadership. I mean, I think this is there's kind of a two prong question for him. Right. Like, OK, are, can he and Scalise work together? And secondly, how does this resolve itself? Right. I mean, they send people home. They can't. Kind of, they're still trying to figure out whether they can come into an agreement. I mean, how often do the conservatives use this um, new tactic that they're they're clearly flexing their muscles on in a five seat majority? Um, it, you know, given all the things that need to happen this fall, it is should be being very closely watched because yeah, you know, you have FAA reauthorization, farm bill supposedly 12 appropriation bills. I mean, we're talking, it's not even, they're not even upset about the substance right now. They're just upset about, you know, kind of uh, the deal that was cut, but it's not as if this, they're bringing down the rule because they're upset about the substance of the bill. That's, that's right. Um, the, uh, the conservatives are demanding, we, we catalog this and reported on it in the midday edition yesterday and the P uh, in the PM edition, but they want to renegotiate, the governing agreement with McCarthy and they want, they have a whole host of, of scattershot requests that are not um, uniform. Uh, and this is the house that McCarthy has, has uh, uh, leads. And a lot of people thought this would happen earlier, this dust up, but it didn't, it's happening now. Um, and uh, it, 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 there's impacts here because moderates are like, well, if, if, if I need to, if conservatives could just, you know, act out and get what they want, why don't we, it's going to be really interesting to watch. All right, let's move on quickly to the number two and three stories of the morning. The number two being the fact that senators are really frustrated also with Kevin McCarthy over uh, the lack of interest with c- kind of funding the Ukraine effort. Uh, and they are now asking the British prime minister who is has been visiting with them that, you know, Europe needs to step up to the plate, that it can't just be the U.S. funding um, all of this new aid for Ukraine. Well, as an aside here, Rishi Sunak, the prime minister of the um, of uh, the United Kingdom and a, uh, a graduate of Stanford Business School. Uh, so and somebody who has an apartment in uh, California. Uh, went to the Nationals side, game last night. Just a little night. side note there. <laughs> just a yeah. Uh, he uh, he went to the Nats game last night. I will not uh, give him any blame for the Nats losing six to two to the Arizona Diamond Diamondbacks, but whatever. Um, yeah, listen, this is going to be the other fight. Uh, the uh, the Senators told him Europe has to step up even more than they already have in in funding the Ukraine situation. Um, it is a. Uh, you got to just be honest here. This is going to be a huge fight between Senate Republicans and House Republicans. And no matter how much Europe steps up, the United States is still going to have to step up at some point, and it's still going to be pressured to step up at some point, especially in the um, uh, the the NATO summit in Lithuania later this year is going to be a big flashpoint um, uh, with a lot of members of Congress attending that summit. Um, and uh, uh, this is again a big fight between Senate Majority Le- Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and, frankly, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. 
All right, let's go to the number three story of the morning. We've got a vault uh, dispatch from our very own Brendan Peterson. Super interesting look at uh, the latest effort to reshape the credit card industry. Uh, interchange fees have been, uh, you know, something that I have covered for 20 years. Um, and right now, an interesting twist where you have some of the leading uh, sponsors reintroducing the Credit Card Competition Act. Uh, Senators Roger Marshall and longtime, um, you know, kind of advocate on this effort, Dick Durbin, uh, it, reintroducing that legislation. But I think what's really interesting here is the fact that they now have the support of J.D. Vance, the Republican from Ohio, who has been critical of MasterCard and Visa's, what he calls duopoly, and the impact it has on the business sector. Also super um interesting to watch because Ohio has such a big banking industry. Uh, clearly, he's at this point willing to go up against them, but this is going to be a huge fight. Yeah, it's right. It is going to be an absolutely huge fight. And it's interesting that J.D. Vance, who has his own brand, uh, so to speak, of politics uh, with um, uh, that, that is unique, I would say, to the Senate Republican Conference, the fact that he's getting involved is something interesting. And, and listen, he is... Uh, um, I would say that going up against the big industry in his state is um, uh, is fascinating. He said he's talked to a bunch of banks about his views here, and most of them are unhappy, and I understand that, he says. So um, something we're going to keep a very close eye on. Um, there hasn't been a ton of action on credit on this on the Credit Card Competition Act so far. We've been waiting for this blow up, and, and here it comes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can dig deeper on everything we talked about this morning and more by signing up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.